0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Kia ora, no mai ki hipuna a podcast hosted by Go Eco we are an environment and climate hub based in Kirikiriroa but we serve the Waikato region with a mission to be a voice for the environment, a centre for learning and a catalyst for change. We provide community education, collaborate with and support environmental groups and projects, provide inspiration for lighter living and advocate on behalf of the environment. Ko Kelly toku Ingwa. In our most recent episode, since it's Plastic Free July, I shared some of the many problems of plastic, from its production, transportation, to breaking down in our soil and waters. I also reflected on plastic-free choices which were once fringe, becoming mainstream, and some of the changes made to recycling services in Kirikiriroa since 2016, which is when I joined Go Eco. You'll find that episode of He Puna Kōrero on your favourite podcast platform like Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow us so you don't miss an episode. I e While making plastic-free choices is good, collective action for systems change is even more important. To talk to us about some of the campaigns you can support right now, we're being joined by Jarissa Lee from Greenpeace Aotearoa. Jerisa Lee, Te Rarawa, Ngāpuhi uh, and Rarotonga, is the plastics campaigner at Greenpeace Aotearoa, working towards eliminating unnecessary single-use plastics, banning colossal plastic waste exports and transforming Aotearoa to a circular economy. Kia ora, Jerisa. A kui, Kelly. Thank you for joining us this morning. So... Thanks Tell us, how bad is the plastic problem on Aotearoa and globally?
1: Um, <clears throat> so the, the plastic problem, the plastic, we're in a crisis, basically. Um, we are producing astonishing uh, uh, plastic at an astonishing rate and half of that, approximately, is single-use plastic. Which means that a lot of the plastic that we're making has a has a purpose for sometimes just seconds or minutes. Um, so it is um, first of all, it's harmful to our environment, our wildlife, um, you know, and we we're eating it, we're drinking it it's in the air that we breathe. But it's also um, a wasteful and inefficient use of finite resources fossil fuels um, so you know we've we've got ourselves in this crisis in this plastics crisis that again is exacerbating um, our biodiversity crisis and our climate crisis uh, so yeah it's, it's huge it's a huge problem
0: and so why is the plastic issue so important for you personally I mean what motivates you to work in this space
1: um I guess i've the way that i've you know as i as I became an adult and then a parent um the way I looked at plastics changed and um as as I matured i guess <laughs> and got older and started thinking about um i, I guess my uh, my indigeneity and how my tupuna used to live. And then remembering things that my nana had done, um, and things that um, she had taught my mum, and then had, my mum had taught me. And looking back and thinking, "My goodness, that is actually a circular economy." Um, you know, things like my nana making sanitary pads, and you know, like something like that. And then as I became an adult, and um, seeing these things come out like they're new and then realising actually they're not so new these are concepts that um, my tupuna and I'm sure you know many people can relate to this, our ancestors lived circular lives where we um, what came came from the earth could go back safely to the earth and we we moved slowly, um, we used deliberately and um, with more care and so that's I guess where um I first started thinking about the way I was living and how it was impacting the world around me.
0: Do you do you remember if it was a a particular um, incident or thing that happened that sort of um I guess shocked you about how bad this plastic crisis was or was it just an accumulation of lots of small things?
1: I think it was an accumulation but um Certainly, social media has helped, and I know that um, as I talk to people um, about about these things, the things that people remember and that resonate with them are uh, photos and articles that they've come across on social media. And one that there are a couple that stick out, and it's the turtle with the straw in its nose, mm-hmm. and the tortoise with the bottle in its stomach whole still whole um yeah and how certainly the way we're living is how and how it's impacting our wildlife um and, and our and in the way that we regard our you know the places that we love to go and find leisure and time out and connect with nature um and how we're treating that in turn yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I completely resonate with, um, with you on that. We go to these most amazing and beautiful spots. They might be quite secluded. It might be a bushwalk, or it might be around a lake, and then you see a bottle, or you see plastic in a place where it really shouldn't be, and it, and it shows a disregard for the environment that we're finding these things in, what should be pristine environments. Yeah, that's that's right, and it's
1: that gut feeling, like. Mm. Oh. What are we doing, and you know what's happening here, and um, how can that change, and you know what can be done about that mm. um, you and know because there, there might be an initial feeling of of concern and helplessness, and then you're like actually there are, are things that we could we could do, and we can do a lot better and
0: and i and I like where you're leading there because it is a place of concern and disgust and all of those negative things, but as you're going to tell us in a moment, there are some ways that we can be empowered to to make a difference and to, and to change things. So the reason we're talking about plastic at the moment is because it's Plastic Free July and people may reflect on that differently. Uh, for some, you know, it's an opportunity to put plastics in the spotlight um, and to encourage people to make some of those easy plastic-free swaps. You know, for example, it might be a reusable moon, um, pads or moon cup or it could be, you know, reusable uh, I don't know, sorry, i completely lost. Lots of different ways that you can yeah, um, do some so plastic-free <laughs> swaps, so many ways. Yeah. And we have an eco-shop in Frankton for anyone who's interested in finding out more about that. But I'd, I'd like to talk to you about the systemic change that has to be part of those uh, individual uh, changes that we make. So can you talk to us about what systemic change means in the context of plastics crisis? Yeah, well,
1: they would go hand-in-hand, hand, right? Because you'd need... You'd have systemic change, which creates this this environment where producers and businesses are um, are incentivised and have um, and and supported to do the right thing. You know, to to move away from plastic, to move towards um, circular options like refill, reuse. Um, you know, as you said, an eco store, take your own containers Mm. and fill them up. And we have, we have lots of small producers and businesses who are doing great things, but, you know, it's, it's at a, um, it, it would be better if there was an, an even playing field so that everyone had to do it. Mm. And, um, there wasn't a, you know, it wasn't seen as, A disadvantage or or a sacrifice, um, you know, to 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 be moving towards refill and something like refill and reuse. Mm. So um, systemic change too. If we look at who was doing the worst, um, and you'll hear me call out companies like Coca Cola and particularly Coca Cola all the time, and that is because. Coca-Cola is has been found to be the worst plastic polluter in the world for four years in a row um, and this, this is from global brand audits that break free from plastic performed each year all around the world and so there's no incentive there for them, uh, there's no regulation there for them to change what they're doing because at the moment they get to just make and make and make and make sell them to us and collect all the profit from the destruction they're causing and bear no responsibility for it. And then that falls on us. And, you know, and we um, we often get, you know, told, we get villainized. It's the consumers. Mm-hmm. They should be doing this. Um, they shouldn't be buying that. But, you know, some people might like a Coke. But what's, you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and people, I know that people are doing the right thing. Many people are doing the right thing. They're washing their, their plastic Coke bottles, say, putting them in the right bins. They get collected from the curbside each week or each fortnight, and they expect that it's going to a recycling centre and that it's going to be recycled and that a bottle can be recycled back into a bottle forever and ever and ever and ever. Um First of all, that's a solution that Mm -hmm. companies like Coca-Cola have been pushing on individuals for decades um, when they decided that they no longer wanted to um, take responsibility for the plastic they were making. And they would instead put that responsibility back onto local governments and local councils instead. Mm. Which are, of course, paid for us, the people that live, you know, in those, um, you know, with with those governments and councils. And because they're not regulated, they're creating so much plastic that whatever systems we have here for collecting plastic and, you know, recycling can't manage it. Mm. So we're, we're doing things like sending them overseas exporting it to the most vulnerable countries and communities in the world and dumping our problem on them. Um, you know, and this is what I mean by it's a false solution. The problem really is that we are making far too much plastic and so the only solution that exists is to stop making it, to enter that that source and, as we say, to turn off the plastic tab. Mm, so and mm, turn the off only the people that are going to be able to... You know, Coke isn't going to do the right thing voluntarily. So we need our government to step up and regulate them um, and and turn that tap off. Mm.
0: So I guess that's a really good uh, time to talk us through uh, one of the petitions that you have online at the moment for for exactly this. So, So talk us through that and what you're hoping comes from that petition.
1: Yeah, so at the beginning of Plastic Free July 1 the eve of Plastic Free July um, we took our petition um, to ban the plastic bottle and delivered it to Parliament You e- Eugenia Sage received it on behalf of the House and we chose that moment to say hey, individual action is fantastic so, um, but what we really need to do is Create an environment that encourage that encourages and incentivizes um, all of us consumers to be able to do um, all those things that we we try to take on, you know, as new challenges each Plastic Free July, um, all the time. And we delivered that petition um, on the, on behalf of more than 100,000 New Zealanders who. Um, understand that plastic pollution is a real problem and want the government to take urgent action.
0: So over 102,000 people have already signed the petition ban plastic bottles. What sort of incentive uh, incentives or regulations could you see being put in place for this the issue of the for example the Coca-Cola bottles?
1: Um, I, you know, again, we've got, um, again, when I talk about, you know, we've, we've got a solution that we've lived with before. Once upon a time, people um, sold their products in reusable bottles mm. and they managed their own collection system where, they, where you returned your bottles, they collected them, they sterilized them, they refilled them and then we bought them again. Um, So we already know what a solution looks like and we know that it works successfully. So the alternative is to move away from that single-use plastic bottle and, and you know, mandate refill and reuse systems. And we've got, uh, you know, we're on the brink of a comprehensive container return scheme, hopefully. The government put out that... um, Proposal in April, April May this year um, for consultation. So it's the right time to ban the bottle and you know, encourage people to yeah, to shift away to encourage plastic pre- producers, sorry, to move away from plastic single-use bottles to um, reusable containers.
0: Mm. Yeah, and you're right. We we already we've done this before, so so, so there is nothing new. Um, yeah but and it is and it is slowing consumption down as well you know so and we're putting uh the people who make those big profits are then responsible for making sure that they don't uh, continue to um do the damage that they are doing and putting it back on them uh, to, to make the right choices and plus also coke tastes better out of glass bottle but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, in terms of plastics, are there any other petitions you have? I mean, can we still sign the ban the bottle?
1: Uh, yes, d- absolutely. We will keep campaigning on uh, uh, for a ban on the bottle until we have a ban on the bottle. Um, it seems to be the next logical step for me after we've um, banned the plastic bag, mm. and we've you know we've heard the government announce. Um, phase-out for some hard-to-recycle single-use plastic. I think we can easily include the plastic bottle in that. And I think the, I think beverages, uh, uh, that it makes sense for that to be next because, as I say, we know what the solution looks yeah. like and many of us have lived with that solution before, either here many, many years ago um, or overseas. Mm. Mm.
0: Um And and we know how easy it is for people to get their head around things and change. I remember all the pushback when they were looking at banning plastic bags um, and everybody thought that was just going to be the end of the world and how will I carry things? And now it's just so normal um, and and we do it without even thinking and that's not over, you know, that didn't take a long time. Basically no, it was overnight, only
1: three we, years, three July yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: and, we, and we managed that. Um, and there's no reason that there aren't other items like bottles that we couldn't then also uh, change the way we think about and, and the way that we consume those sorts of products. Um, uh, you mentioned the container return scheme, and we'll hear more about that um, later in the year. Are there any other campaigns around plastics that you'd like for us to know about and to, and to be supporting at the moment?
1: Yes. So we are um, earlier this year, UNEA, the United Nations Environment Assembly um, mandated to, um, to form a, a negotiating committee, go away, and draft a global plastics treaty. So that is going to happen over the next uh, two and a half years. The first meeting of that Negotiating committee will be in November this year. Um, so, I, you know, what what I would say is that um, people can um, look at ways to give feedback to the government. Um, we uh, we would like to here uh, a Greenpeace Australia would love to ensure that our government takes a leadership role mm. in that negotiation and in that drafting process um, I think that you know given our geographical position we we need to be advocating for um, the you know the South Pacific and you know um, in fact all of our island nation neighbors um, our realm countries uh, our you know Kanga um, our coastal communities and uh, impoverished communities and and at, at risk and vulnerable communities um, who will who bear the, the, the biggest consequences of our plastic pollution mm. even though they contribute to it the very least yep. so we're talking about countries who um, you know as I said countries who are receiving waste exports you know, and communities who are having other countries' waste dumped next door to their homes and schools um, and are finding it being, you know, either just left there or illegally burned. Um, our island nations that are um, at the forefront of climate change um, and, you know, and knowing that our plastic pollution is pushing, uh, is exacerbating our climate crisis and affecting their island diets, you know their sovereign mm. diets, um, access to drinking water, you know as sea levels rise, um, you know the underground water access is compromised. Um, so I would really encourage um, New Zealanders to look at ways to support um, a lot of our Pacific and Kangata Finua organizations who are trying to make sure that our government goes along to this um, you know to this negotiating process this drafting process with a strong voice and strong advocacy for all of those um, all of those most vulnerable people and most vulnerable societies and communities mm. that don't usually have that, that, that are usually silenced
0: so where should we go to find out more and to make sure that we are notified when it comes time to um, to have our say and to to re- amplify the voices of um, Indigenous peoples, Maori, iwi, hapu.
1: These are the next steps for Greenpeace Aotearoa. We have a um, a petition calling on the uh, government to um, to include those, you know. Um, indigenous, vulnerable, Tangata, uh, tangata Moana, and Tangata, feel the voices. And, um, we'll, we'll keep putting that pressure on them. So I would encourage people to, to follow us and see, um, I would like to, um, to partner and work with, um, all these experts, our Pacific experts, mm. um, you know, our, our scientists, um, and our our climate activists, our people who are working in in waste and zero zero waste and waste minimisation organisations, grassroots organisations, they are the ones with all the expertise. They are the ones whose voices I am um, looking to amplify and make sure that our government hear um, as they take um, as as this negotiating committee um, mm-hmm. progresses.
0: So how can people uh, sign up for updates and find out more information about your work with Greenpeace?
1: Yep, so um, I would suggest, and I can send you that link to to share out um, our petition for the Global Plastics Treaty. You can um, stay on our mailing list. I like to talk a lot. I send out emails (laughs) to our supporters and let you know um, what's happening, what's coming next. Um, and you know,
0: just showing you all the things that I'm doing. Awesome. Uh Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today and talking through uh, you know, the problems of plastics but also some of the solutions that exist and the ways that we can we can get there if we work together, uh, collectively. I uh, appreciate your time today, nui. My pleasure. Namahi. Uh, it's Teresa Lee uh, from Greenpeace to talk through some of their uh, incredible work um, holding uh, people to account for the uh, pollution that is happening around Aotearoa and around the world as well. You can head to community.greenpeace.org.nz. That's their website. And you can spend a lot of time browsing through some of their campaigns. But check out the Plastic campaigns and I'll share a link to some of those petitions on our social media with the link to this podcast. Kete Fokarongo Mai Kweki Corridor, a podcast hosted by Go Eco and Wakato. Uh, we have some volunteer roles. If you are interested in joining the mahi that we do, you can find those on volunteeringwakato.org.nz. We also welcome you to pop in and visit us, our eco shop and centre in Frankton. That's the corner of Commerce and Kent Street. Uh, we have a website, goeco.org.nz, as well. Uh, just in the time that we have remaining, I want to give you a heads up about um, our restoration talks that start on August the 10th. Uh, they run through Term 3. It's one hour fortnightly. Um, And the topics and the focus for term three is building relationships with and supporting the aspirations of mana whenua in restoration, though they will be of interest to anybody who's ever asked the questions, how do I connect with mana whenua, how do I build a relationship, what are hapū aspirations in the area that I live in, and how can I uh, contribute to a future where Te Tiriti o Watangi is honoured. So we've organised four speakers, Uh, they'll share their experiences and perspectives over those Evenings. On August 10th is Carolyn Hopper from Ngati Wairere. Uh, the next uh, talk is Kerry Thompson from Ngati Hawa Mahi Trust. We've got go, uh, Go Ecos, Joe Wrigley, the following fortnight, and then uh, Catherine Dallahunty, a Tiriti Educator and Environmental Activist, on the final uh, talk for that series. You can find out more on the Earth Diverse website. Uh, We enjoy collaborating with them. Now, those talks can be um, attended in person, on, uh, at Earth Diverses offices on Anglesey Street here in Kirikiriroa but can also be available online so you can um, zoom in instead if that's easier for you or if you are unwell we're definitely encouraging people to stay home if they are unwell and that's it for for us for this week, uh, just also a quick reminder: bike hub is open, uh, ten till twelve Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Please pop in um, and learn how to fix your bike if you need anything done at the moment. Um, next week we'll be joined the last of the Plastic Free July series. We'll be joined by Paul Chateris, who is the CEO and co-founder of Saveboard. It's a local story about sustainable building supplies made from hard-to-recycle plastics like Tetra Pak. So join us again next week for that episode, and make sure you follow or subscribe to Hipunakordidor on your favourite podcast platform so that you don't miss an episode. Kia pai ihoama. Thanks for listening to this free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support free FM via
1: Patreon. Head to patreon.com/slash freefm eighty nine to find out more.